You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Question for you. Have you ever hit burnout as a business owner? Have you ever dealt with anxiety, depression, or overwhelm because you're trying to hustle your business into success, but simultaneously driving yourself into the ground? If so, today's episode is for you. Please keep listening. We had our dear friend, Amanda Coker, on the show to share her story and give you a much-needed dose of wisdom and encouragement. Today's conversation felt like a real and raw conversation with girlfriends over wine, and you literally cannot skip this episode. I'm serious. Amanda is an Atlanta-based photographer and entrepreneur. She's the founder of Dash Photography, a wedding and senior photography team, and Revive Retreats, wellness retreats for women in business leadership. She believes sharing her journey with mental health and business brings purpose to the pain and empowers women to find freedom in the midst of theirs. We talked about so much with Amanda today. Her story of hitting complete and total burnout mentally about four years into her business because she wasn't caring for her body, her time, her relationships, etc., and sacrificing it all on the altar of achievement. She chats about how anxiety and depression stemmed from that and the steps she took to take back her life and her business. Near the end of the conversation, she shares about how 2020 personally affected her, and I can guarantee you will relate to even a little bit of her story. Can we all? (laughs) It's so powerful. It's real. It's encouraging. Amanda holds nothing back, and I hope after you listen to this episode, you won't feel alone if you're struggling with overwhelm, anxiety, depression, and hitting burnout. It doesn't have to be this way, and without further ado, here's Amanda Coker to share her powerful story. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Amanda, we are so stoked to have you on the show. We literally love you so much. I feel like this conversation is going to be so fun and just like besties, girl chat, like real talk, grab a glass of wine. (laughs) I feel like it's going to be so fun. (laughs) Y'all, I am, I'm honored to be on here. Thank you for having me. It's funny, this, your email, whenever it came through about the podcast was such a breath of fresh air and encouragement to me because we were riding a bumpy road last year. And so it gave me some hope that this year was going to be great. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it was our honor to have you on the show. So that first of all, (laughs) first off, before we even start to get into it, can you tell our audience how we know you and how we got connected with you? Yeah. So Brandon and I, my husband celebrated five years, a couple years ago, and we were wanting to renew our vows in Hawaii. So I was looking for a photographer because as a photographer myself, I want to document those important seasons. And I really wanted something amazing. Obviously in Hawaii, um, you can't just have, you know, your typical normal photos. So I wanted something epic. And we had booked a photographer who does beautiful work, but then I came across Lindsay. And I did not know that you booked someone before me. What? What? I straight up lost my deposit, honey. And uh, wait, that's tea. I did not know this. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also, you just honored. you just spoiled that, Lindsay, because now no, now they know that they booked with you. Oh, sorry. Hint. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I saw your work, and honestly, it just—I mean, if you've seen Lindsay's work, it's it speaks for itself. But it really represented, I think me and Brandon as a couple and our relationship, just fun and messy and goofy and adventurous. And that was really what I, you know, we could go for the the pretty quote, pretty photos, perfect photos, but that's just not us. And so when I came across her work, I was like this. And so I emailed the other photographer. I was like, Hey, love you. Sorry. Bye. And ended up (laughs) booking Lindsay. And it's funny because my husband, I'm definitely the more, you know, adventurous one of the two of us. And Lindsay planned this awesome sunrise hike for us. And my sweet husband did it because he loves me, but it was pitch black <laughs> and it just rained and it was so muddy. And by the time we got to the top, it he was, was like he was breathing just, so heavy. Oh my, we're sweating. And, <laughs> and then we're supposed to renew our vows at the top or like whatever at the top. And I was like, okay, are you ready? He said, okay, I actually need a minute before I can say sweet things to you because <laughs> I'm not happy right now. So, I, think, I think he forgave us though when he saw the photos. That's literally oh, your session is still one of my favorite sessions of all time. Like, oh, well, it's literally so good. good. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely worth it. And yes, he saw the photos and he's like, you know, I would, I would do it again. Maybe this That's time I would like to know what we're doing instead of just waking <laughs> up at four in the morning and <laughs> telling me to get in the car. But so that's how I originally met Lindsay. And then the very first, the inaugural heart workshop I attended <laughs> in Malibu, which was such a good experience. Um, being from Atlanta, our market and our weddings are very different than what Lindsay and Evie do. And so I really wanted to just learn more about the adventure market and intimate weddings and all of that good stuff. And honestly, I made some lifelong friends out of that. People I still talk to and learn so much. And it was just a really great experience. And it's so fun to see where you guys are now at the Hart University coming from all of that. It's, it's been really fun to watch. You guys are coming. OG. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. We love you, dude. It feels like I feel like we have just stayed connected with so many girls from that workshop. Like so many of those are some of our good friends to this day, just because it was like such a small group. And it was like Mm -hmm. the first workshop. I don't know. It's just, I feel like I've known you forever. And like, we've been friends forever, which is, we've really only ever hung out in person once, but just the relationships formed at that workshop, all of them. But that one too was like so good. Mm-hmm. I think it's so special whenever you guys were starting something and it was kind of a mutual blending of mm-hmm. experience, first time experiences for everyone. So yeah, for sure. Oh, so fun. Okay. Well, we are so excited to talk to you today. You are just a queen of, I feel like everything, maybe it's oh, just because right. I'm like a fangirl of yours and <laughs> I'm just like, Amanda's a queen, but you just are incredible. And you have so much to talk about today. So do you want to talk to us, maybe just starting off, like, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today in your business and life and like all of the details of, I guess, just like your story so that people have a foundation to kind of dive off into the rest of today's conversation. 
So I celebrated 10 years in business in 2020, which is wild. Um, I didn't go to school for photography. I graduated from college back in 2009 and then started Dash in 2010. And it stemmed from a really hard season, which uh, I, I don't try to be dramatic, but I feel like, well, maybe this is just life, that good things and greatness and purpose usually comes out of these seasons of grief or challenge um, or heartache. And that's the beautiful redemptive part of uh, God's presence in my life. And so I went to school and graduated from college. And during that time, just struggled with some mental health issues while I was in school and had some family issues. And then had a really significant death in my life two weeks before I graduated college. And that kind of sent me into a spiral of confusion and really, really, I wouldn't say had me questioning my faith, but it completely rocked my foundation as far as who I was and what I was supposed to do. And just this perfect picture of life that um, I had envisioned, even though my past had been far from perfect. So After that, I moved to Colorado just to get away, and it was my grieving period. It's where I went to escape on one hand, but also just find myself, if you will. And while I was out there, I had a little kid in Rebel and started taking photos of people snowboarding. We went to the X Games and took photos there and really fell in love with sports photography, which I was an athlete growing up. So it just made sense that that was, you know, that those two connected. And once I moved back home, um, I was sitting at the gravesite and I was looking at the birthday and the death date on his tombstone and the dash in between. And I was thinking about all the memories that were wrapped up into that dash and the holidays and the, you know, taught me how to drive a stick shift and the pranks and all this stuff that was represented in between these, but no one else would know, you know, in between these two dates. And it just settled on me that I didn't know how or what it would look like, but I knew that I was supposed to be a part of capturing people's dashes. And that kind of tagline, if you will, was really what resonated with me and kind of gave me purpose. And I was like, okay, I don't, again, don't know what this is going to look like, but there is purpose in this pain. And I got it right here in a cemetery, you know? And so that kind of kickstarted my journey in photography. And it's funny because I, (laughs) I started photography shooting MMA fights, pro MMA fights, which is really random, but yeah. Yeah, um, interesting industry for sure. But (laughs) I was this, you know, cute little 22 year old at the side of the ring of these guys beating each other up. But honestly, it it taught me so much. And I like to say there's not a lot different between that and weddings because there's more similarities than you think. But um, (laughs) but that's really uh, kind of what started. Then I realized uh, this maybe not the industry that I want to be in and Groupon, this totally ages me, but Groupon just started. And I had a friend back home and I said, Hey, I'm really interested in doing some sort of mentorship or, you know, apprenticeship or whatever. Do you know anybody? She said, well, I was just featured on Groupon and she was the very first photographer featured 
on Groupon and they didn't know how to cap anything or anything like that. So she ended up getting 2,000 one hour sessions from Groupon. This was like $50 a session. And to to that, and she was like, can you just help me? Because she was the same, we graduated together and um, she was, you know, kind of fresh too. And so for the next year and a half, we shot four and five sessions a day from these Groupon sessions. And we shot everything from bar mitzvah portraits to boudoir to senior to anime I mean everything you could imagine <laughs> oh my gosh that was probably like the best learning sit like season of photography that ever could have happened to you. oh my goodness it I absolutely attribute it to my skill because I had to shoot in any sort of lighting circumstance any sort of client any location I mean it was it was wild, but it built a client base nonetheless. And it's funny, I still have a couple of families that have grown with me and I still shoot them uh, oh you know, nine years later. Yeah, their kids are teenagers at this point. Um, so that kind of launched my business. And then, well, not my business, but my photography. And then I kind of settled back into to the dash going back to that moment. And that's when I decided to go out on my own. And in 2012, I went full-time right after I met my husband. And we are just rolling right along 10 years later. So that is, uh, that's the start of everything. That was probably more detail than you. Oh my God. No, that was everything that we wanted. And just to clarify for anybody that is hearing this for the first time, Dash Photography is Amanda's company is our photography company. And so I just want to clarify that just in case anybody was confused on why, like basically she told the story of why it's named. Like you're basically your why of like why it was called Dash Photography, which literally started, like I heard that before. And literally every time you tell that, it makes me cry because yeah. it, it's such a powerful why. And it's okay. such a powerful, literally I'm going to start crying. Uh, it's li- just such a powerful, it, it puts meaning to why photos matter mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. why memories matter. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. It, it's so true. Like, oh, thank you and for telling us that. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't have a lot of photos. And I think that was one of the things too, that was a motivation for me was um, as much as there's such a, a balance between being present in a moment, but also documenting um, moments together, because you don't know when you won't be able to be present anymore, you know? So uh, and it's, yeah. it's a motivator in on the hard days and it's the, the rock that I can kind of sit on whenever I, as a business owner, which I know we'll get into all of that, but as a business owner, there are really, really hard days and it is the foundation that I can just go back to and think, okay, this is much bigger than, you know, an angry client or a hard day of bouncing, being a mom and entrepreneurship or whatever so oh I remember the first time you told that at that I heard it at the the heart workshop in Malibu and I'm pretty sure you had every single girl in the room like sobbing like snot down our faces (laughs) couldn't breathe because it was it was so powerful and it marked me in a way that like I would think of you at times when I was like I think frustrated with something in my photography business or something and I would just remember like the dash and like how important like that dash is. And like, that's what we're doing is we're, mm-hmm. we're telling stories and freezing memories 
in that dash. So thank you for just your heart and listening to the Lord and like everything that you've done all these years. I know you've impacted me and Lindsay and all the other girls at that workshop and so many other people. Everyone listening to this, I'm assuming is probably just like feeling it too. So (laughs) thank you. Well, let's move into the topic, shall we? Let's like dip, let's dip deep. I don't know where that came from. I dip, you dip, we dip. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Well, Amanda, we wanted to have you on the show to really talk about anxiety, depression, overwhelm, all the things that entrepreneurs struggle with that I think is not talked about enough. I mean, mental health in general, I don't think is talked about enough. But I think especially as an entrepreneur, you get so wrapped up in your head, you get so consumed with the hustle and with success and with like reaching your goals that so much just falls to the wayside. So I would love to start chatting about that. I know that you struggle with this in your career, as honestly, most of us entrepreneurs have at one point or another. Um, so before we dive into this conversation, could you tell us about your personal story of hitting rock bottom around like 2016 to 2017? Yeah. So um, you do the math. I was about four year, four and a half years into full-time um, photography. This was after and... the Groupons were done? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thankfully, I had graduated from Groupon sessions. Um, and I was, as most photographers do, I was a one-man team. And I was trying to do everything. And it's so funny because a lot of entrepreneurs think that uh, in order to be successful, that you have to be good at marketing and social media and client relations and bookkeeping and taxes and all of these things that in any other business take multiple humans with multiple skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, we just take that on. Like, okay, I have to, I have to do all of these things. I have to learn how to be awesome at all of these things. And I was, I was there. And so I had gotten to a point where um, I was completely maxed out from a time perspective. I had horrible time management skills and, or <laughs> lack of, and, um, I am, I don't know if we have any Enneagram people here, but I'm an eight on the Enneagram, which is, as a woman, uh, is usually kind of frowned upon Mm -hmm. um, because I've heard it said that men who are eights in the workplace are called bosses and women who are in the workplace who are eights are called a different beat word. So, um, so I am just very much nose down go-getter. and. Um, I, and kind of going back to why people feel the need to this, to adapt this hustle mentality, I think it can be a myriad of reasons. And for me, I really had to, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I really had to dig into the root of why I felt the need to achieve so deeply and why I felt this, um, desire to be a success story. And I will, I can talk a little bit about that further on into the journey, but I was just, I was determined to be a success story and I was determined to prove a lot of people wrong in what they thought that my life was going to be because of the environment that I grew up in. And so I got to the point where I wasn't sleeping well. I started having breathing episodes and went to the doctor and I was like, I guess I just have asthma because, you know, I'm 27, 28 years old and developed asthma all of a sudden. And so I was, 
um, using an inhaler to go to sleep at night because I just couldn't settle down. I was having heart palpitations to the point where my husband could put his hand on my chest and literally his hand would move. And I didn't recognize these sirens that were going off in my body. And so I just kept pushing and kept pushing to the point that I just hit full on burnout. And um, I think so many people get to the point of burnout before they make a change. And so one of my biggest purposes now after this experience is helping people and encouraging people to recognize these sirens before they get to the point of needing um, an epic restart or um, help, honestly. So it was affecting my marriage. I had gotten to the point where I was on edge all the time. I had zero patience. Um, Brandon would ask me what I wanted for dinner, and I would literally just lose my S because my brain, I, I couldn't imagine a cup that's completely full and any small amount of water drop is going to make it overflow and it doesn't even have to be anything significant. And so that was the point we were at. And obviously that took a toll on my marriage. So I decided the end of 2016 that frankly, I was done and I was, I was tired. It wasn't worth it anymore. And as much as I believed that this was my calling and there was divine purpose in this, it wasn't worth what I was experiencing on the inside. And so that took a turn into depression, which I had struggled with before. And all of this stuff is, and I was having health issues. Um, I was having digestive issues and um, we were having, we weren't necessarily trying for a baby at this point, but it resulted in fertility issues. And um, all of this stemmed from this desire to achieve. So once I, recognize that it was either my health and my marriage and my business or like everything falling apart, I decided to, uh, to get some help. And so I got into some really intense therapy and started that multiple times a week. And then I just started saying no to literally everything. I, I quit. I had social, like I was a small group leader and stuff like that. And I, got out of all of that and just got back down to getting some time back so I could reflect on what is going on inside of me and through therapy. And this is what I think, and y'all can cut me off at any point, but one thing that I recognized was I came from a very performance driven home and one that I never felt good enough. And I never felt like my abilities and performances um, outshined what I could have done better. And so that was at the root of why I felt this need to prove that I am good enough and I can be a success story. And just because I come from a broken home doesn't mean that I'm going to be a statistic. And so it was much, much deeper than just wanting to be good at my job and make a lot of money, you know? And I think a lot of people don't recognize the connection there because there is a connection there a lot of the time. Um, so that was kind of, that was a turning point uh, for me, for sure. But it was a very ugly turning point. Dang. Well, thank you for sharing that. I resonate. I'm, I never hit burnout, but I resonate so much with that feeling of wanting to achieve. Um, and growing up, I, I always had the mindset of like, 
oh, when I have my like 10 or 20 year high school reunion, like I want to be a famous rock star. Like that's literally, Mm -hmm. and maybe not a rock star, I can't sing, but like (laughs) just that mindset of like achieving and becoming, what did you say? A success story? Like that's so relatable. Right. Not becoming a statistic. Like I would look at the people that stayed in my hometown where I went to high school after and I'd be like, oh, how sad you didn't go off and do something with your life. Not that going off just because you moved doesn't mean you go off and do something in your life. But I think that is a huge thing that probably resonates. It resonates with me a lot. And it resonates, I think, with a lot of probably of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I get that as far as the small town um, mentality. And it doesn't make, you know, there's people have thriving lives in, right. you know, staying in their hometowns and whatever else. But it, I was very similar to that. And it, what's wild is this is random, but I couldn't go back to my hometown for a long time because I got so anxious being there, like driving if, when I would see the city limit. And there was a lot of trauma involved in those city limits, but um, yeah. And I looked down on people for saying, I'm like, why would you want to Ew, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And there's, which is so wrong on my end, but mm-hmm. I totally get that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a conversation that even maybe it's just me in this season of life that I'm in, but like, I feel like I've been having these conversations with so many friends lately about just, I guess, like the effects of pushing too hard. And, and the damage that can come from that Mm -hmm. and kind of reassessing, like, what is our foundational, maybe it's just God trying to speak to me in this season. Like, to me, I look at my season and I'm like, no, I feel like I have like really good rest times. And like, you know, I have good work-life balance in my opinion, but for some reason in this season, I'm getting like signals left and right or conversations left and right of like pushing too hard will like for too long, unhealthy ways will equal burnout, it will equal infertility. Like I'm, I don't know if you've read the book, Amanda, but I'm reading the book Woman Code right now. And I'm just shocked Mm -hmm. at just how our lifestyle choices and like as an entrepreneur, not eating during our work days because we're so busy, like that literally destroys our body, which can Mm -hmm. equal infertility and equal like just all these other health issues. And I don't know why I just feel like it's hitting me in a season where I feel like I have balance Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's just like a warning for the future or if it's like, no, you need to assess. But I feel like so many people can probably relate to this, whether they've hit that burnout point or they're more like me where they think they're okay. Mm -hmm. But I'm just reassessing this whole season. I feel like, okay, am I actually doing good? How, you know, do I need to change anything? And I think in my opinion, that's a healthy perspective to have whether you think you're in danger or not to at least be aware of the dangers. And I think most people aren't aware of the dangers. Mm -hmm. So having this conversation, I think whether the person listening to this feels like they've hit burnout or they're close to burnout, like pay attention. Like that's the thing that I'm learning in this season is like, no, be aware of what can happen and the side effects of, you know, pushing too hard. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's a lot like getting the oil changed in your car. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, your car can go a while and it can, it can keep on trucking. Uh, You don't change the oil like you should, but eventually your engine's going to blow. And I think um, this is very similar just to our overall health. And it's funny you mentioned Woman Code because that was a book that I read during that season. 
And it is crazy. And something I do want to point out is if you are, you know, like, oh, I'm fine. I can stay up. I can burn the candle at both ends in the early mornings and late nights. I don't need time. for. I don't have time for rest because that was something for me. I was like, I can rest once I once I make it, whatever that means. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and what I didn't realize is the the physical trauma that I was doing to my body, because if you are under stress, and this is just a little biology for you, if you're under significant amount of stress, um, it's the same as your body being in fight or flight mode. And so if you're constantly in fight or flight mode, you are pumping out cortisol and adrenaline, which is then triggering your liver to um, produce uh, glucose for energy because your body's preparing to run from a bear when you're just trying to return your emails, you know? So, um, and you do this over and over and over for weeks and months and years, stuff starts shutting down because your body can't sustain itself mm-hmm. when it's constantly in that state of, of mind or in, in, in fight or flight. So I really encourage, and Evie, I think for you, it's just, you know, you have really seemed to have just from what I've seen on social media, healthy habits, like you said, and boundaries and whatever else. And I think it's easy for us to get comfortable. And I know I've still had to go back and check myself even after this season of, okay, am I, um, am I drinking enough water? Am I saying no to things? Am I, because I'm in a good spot, it's easy for me to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, take on these projects and, um, launch new things and whatever Mm -hmm. else. But then I get right back to where I was. And so I think it's just important to have this foundational, this foundation that you go back to and you recognize, um, signs so that you can in the future, you know, you can stay healthy even Mm -hmm. when you feel like you are doing okay. Yeah. I think it's easy too for people. I was talking to one of my good friends who's had some hard, hard stories with like infertility and miscarriages and stuff. And we were discussing and I was telling her I was getting my hormones checked and that my adrenals look good and that my thyroid looks good. I have some hormonal imbalances, but those two like key things look good. And and she was like, okay, just be aware though, that like your adrenals can last under stress for a while. So just keep an eye on your stress levels, keep an eye on your adrenals, like that type of thing that I, it was a good reminder to be like, okay, just because I've tested those now and they look okay now, doesn't mean that I still don't have to be very careful that I'm like taking care of my adrenals and avoiding like burnout of my body or my, you know, my mind. And Mm -hmm. Landon said stuff a couple of times where, you know, I even sat down with him, Lindsay and I had this big planning meeting for the heart and uh, for like this year and like set out this big like plans and all these to do's. And I sat down with Landon, like kind of went over my schedule with him and it was just like packed for most of the spring. And he's like, you're just coming off of like a bunch of big, big launches and a hard year of 2020. And you're going straight into like something else. And he's like, when are you going to slow down? Like not be launching something. And it kind of made me pause. Cause I was like, well, I have good boundaries during my days. Like, you know, I take the evenings off and the weekends off. And he's like, but you can't go from launch to launch, to launch, to launch. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I think, I think there's moments and things where I'm like, okay, I'm so not perfect. And I think the danger for me is to think that just because I have like good routines that I can avoid like burnout or whatever. And so even hearing this conversation is like, yes, okay. Like launch to launch is probably not the best idea. Maybe we should reevaluate that. So yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. And you might see, you know, I feel like it's in stages. So you might be experiencing physical symptoms. And then once those 
go away, then you would start experiencing the mental symptoms. And Mm -hmm. that's really what happened for me was, you know, I, by ignoring all of these physical signs and signals, um, it just, it just wrecked my, my mind and my mental health. And, um, I think people don't think that it's all connected and it is like your emotional Mm -hmm. and physical Uh and mental and spiritual health is all, it's all intertwined, um, which is the, the beauty of how we're created, but it's also one of the, the reason that it's so important to keep all that in check. Yeah. Uh, If you are loving what you're hearing on today's episode, then we wanted to share something else you might love, The Heart Shop. It's our digital resource online shop for creative entrepreneurs. The Heart Shop is your one-stop shop for all of our online courses, luxury website templates, PDF guides, social media graphic templates, and illustrations. If you've been at your wit's end with your website design and you don't know where the heck to create a high-quality pricing or welcome guide to give your clients an incredible branded first impression... Ooh, we got you. We created the Heart Shop to serve you with the best tools and resources you need to successfully run your business. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and start browsing the goods. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and we'll see you there. Did you know that the number one type of post that does the best on the gram is photos of yourself? And it's not just Instagram. Sharing photos of you on social media, your blog, your website, etc., instantly creates connection with your ideal client. And if you own a business or market products or services online, you need to have regular content photos of yourself, period. But I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and guess that you struggle with sharing photos of yourself, right? You know you probably should be posting yourself more, but you struggle feeling confident in doing that because you don't know the first thing about how to take content photos of yourself. Ones that leave you feeling confident and help your ideal client relate and connect with you. If you've been nodding your head to all of that, like, yup, Lindsay, Evie, that's me, I need help, then we have the solution to your problem. And that's introducing the content photo miner. Yes. In this mini course, we take you step-by-step through conceptualizing, planning, and styling a content photo shoot all the way to the final product of posing and actually taking those photos of yourself for your brand and your business. We teach you how to plan style outfits, scout locations, get good light and color match for your outfits, how to do self-portraits of yourself with a tripod, and posing tips to know in order to get content photos that feel authentic to who you are and connect with your audience. Now to grab this mini course, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash content dash minor. If you've been holding off on sharing you with your audience because you just don't know how to get started, we got you covered. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash content dash minor. Well, Amanda, why do you think that we do this to ourselves? I mean, we've been kind of talking about this mm-hmm. as just like that that hustle mentality or even I think as entrepreneurs who love our jobs, which I think yeah. that's why where Evie's coming from of like, oh yeah, I want to do this, like launch to launch to launch because it's fun mm-hmm. because we genuinely love our jobs. And I think that's the tricky part of entrepreneurship about, about why, maybe why that this happens. And this happens to every single person probably that is in any industry. It doesn't matter. They're not just entrepreneurs, but mm-hmm. I think you tend to see it so much in the entrepreneur space of like, we prioritize work and hustle over basic human necessities like sleep, food, and our mental health, because we're, I don't know why. Do you have thoughts on that of like, what is it that we're trying to, I mean, you kind of said earlier achievement a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I really think it could be, it could be so much, but if you think about it as 
an entrepreneur, especially in today's world, possibilities are endless. I mean, you can mm-hmm. be and do and whatever you want to be and do. I mean, the fact that uh, we just hired a social media manager who's getting her master's in social media management and marketing. Like someone is, you go to school to learn how to use Instagram. And so like, that's wow. wild to me. And so I think that everything is, um, there's just endless possibility. And so it's like drinking from a fire hose when before social media and before, you know, when it was just, you go to be a plumber or a teacher or whatever. And that was kind of the extent of, of career choices. Um, it was, you know, manageable, but now it's like, you can be wherever you want to be and we're taking it all in. And so there's this pressure to achieve quickly and mm-hmm. to achieve a lot quickly. And I think too, it's, it's crazy to me how young people are now who are starting businesses and who are succeeding in the business world. And, um, because just creative creativity is rampant and which is beautiful and amazing, but the pressure that comes along with that and then seeing how people are seemingly, you know, achieving on social media and whatever else, there's the pressure to keep up. And if Mm -hmm. you're at this level at this point, then you are failing or when, so I feel like there's just all of this noise that we feel as entrepreneurs that, um, probably contributes to that and the desire to be like, okay, well, this is clearly what they're having to do Mm -hmm. if they're this successful. So that's what I have to do. When in reality, there are, um, you know, other people on their team or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, coaches, there's so much that goes into a successful business that one person can't do. And I think people don't see that. And I think people just see a face of a brand mm-hmm. or of a business and they see how well it's doing. And so they just assume that they have to do all of the things too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They think like that person's doing like all of it. Yeah. Right. And because I felt that way. And so, and the way that I kind of just approach telling my story and being open and honest about stuff is if I'm, if I felt this, surely there's someone else that has felt this too. And for me, I felt this pressure of, um, okay, I have to do and be, and if, and this is the steps it takes to be successful. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, if other people aren't sleeping and aren't eating right and aren't, um, you know, hanging out with friends because my relationship suffered. I had no social life. That's just what you have to do to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that led me to the point where maybe I'm not cut out for this because I can't, I can't sustain life this way. So maybe I'm not supposed to be successful. Maybe I'm not supposed to succeed at this career. And it took that love out of it for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people quit whatever they're doing, pursuing their dream, because it's not manageable when yeah. they're not given the tools to learn how to manage it um, in a thriving way. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think amen to literally all of that. And to add on to it, I feel like something that I've noticed in like this season of just kind of, I feel like getting a wake up call to all of this, I've noticed it's also being unaware or like ignorant sounds very harsh, but it's, 
it's not having the knowledge of how that lifestyle will affect you. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like I have not eaten well, and I've been honest about this on like social media and stuff. My eating habits are just all over the place. Like some days I'll have one meal a day. Some days I'll have three. Like it just kind of, it varies, but it's not uncommon for me to have one to two meals a day. And as I'm kind of like going through woman code and going through all these things, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't know how my body stayed functioning the past like four years on like one to two meals a day that are just hodgepodge thrown together, like typically breakfast and nothing else. Like I just, I, I didn't know how Mm -hmm. that could affect me. I knew that like sleep was so important, probably because I've read books on sleep and like, I find it fascinating, but I knew sleep was important. I knew rest was important. I didn't know like eating well is important and how I eat and like just different things. Like I grew up in an organic, like eat healthy, homegrown, homemade, like all sorts of food. So I think I just took that for granted. Like I thought I knew how to eat healthy. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, if I don't change something, I'm going to destroy my body, which will destroy my life. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think it's the combination of like this pressure to perform and to achieve and like these standards that the world has almost set. And then also the unawareness of the effects of sacrificing basic human needs. Like we don't realize how that can destroy us. So on social media, you don't see the effects Mm because no one's going to show the ugly effects of what a hustle life of what the glamorous life of doing all these things actually looks like. I think I realized it. Evie, when we, uh, we shared a real, like, I think in December, it was like an introductory to the heart team. And Mm -hmm. the amount of people that were like, I had no idea you had 10 people on your team. I thought it was just you guys and like one other person. And I'm like, that's the, that's the lie that's being portrayed, which maybe that's just our fault and we need to talk about it better. But like, that's the lie (laughs) that, that we could do everything that we're doing with the heart and people assume. And our other businesses. Right. And our other businesses. Oh, and Lindsay has a kid. She must just be like a (laughs) rock star mom. Like, no, I'm a rock star mom because I don't do a majority (laughs) of the heart. Like, like yeah. it's just all of that. Like, yeah. I think we need to be more open to everyone. Like, I don't know. There's just such a thing. I think, like you said, Amanda, with just like the presence of social media and allowing that to be or have flexibility in, in what you do. You can do anything. But also with that comes the pressure to perform also mm-hmm. on social media or online. Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, yes, you know, we have the responsibility to a degree to show that kind of stuff. But we also have a personal responsibility to research and learn how to properly run a business because there are resources out there and there's education. I mean, you can find anything. Um, You guys have a great resource. There's YouTube that like you can, you can find the resources you need to helpfully run a business. And I think there gets to a point. And for me, I got to the point where there was no more excuses for my unhealthiness. Like I had to take that into my hands. I had to take responsibility for the poor decisions and the poor habits and whatever else. And it's not, you know, a shameful thing. It's just, like you said, I was ignorant. I didn't know. I was a physical education and psychology major. They don't teach you. I played volleyball as one of my classes. Like in badminton. <laughs> they don't teach you how to run a business. And, and so it came to a point where I had to take responsibility for my health. And that was when I really started seeing true success because the most important part of your business is you. And if you're not taking care 
of you, everything else is going to crumble. It's like the foundation of a house. Um, you're going to see the effects of a poor foundation all throughout the house. And sure, it can look amazing from the outside, but it's crumbling mm-hmm. on the inside. Mm-hmm. And um, so I do think that there is a level of personal responsibility there, too, that if you are pursuing a dream and if you are wanting to reach a certain level or um, do a certain career, like you have the responsibility to steward that well and to manage it well. Mm. Amen. Amen to that. (laughs) I'm just like soaking it all up. I feel like I'm having a chat with like a best friend and I'm just like, okay, tell me everything you know. And it's great. (laughs) Well, speaking of though, kind of like you saying like you had to start taking responsibility. Do you want to maybe share a little bit of how you got out of the rock bottom season of like burnout and all of that? Like what did you start to do well? And what do you feel like going back or like somebody listening to this that you would recommend to them starting to do if they're like approaching that season or in that season? For sure. So a couple of big steps that I took at, at first was, um, I cleared my calendar. I had a, um, it was me and, and I meant to mention this earlier, but Katie interned for me and she's now basically, she runs dash on a day-to-day basis, but it was just her and I. And so, um, I cleared my calendar and I hired a, uh, kind of day-to-day manager, schedule keeper, whatever. And I gave her freedom to, block off times to, um, you know, block off days to say no before even bringing me opportunities um, and kind of let someone else uh, take the burden of saying no, because I clearly just wasn't great at doing that. So that was a big step. Uh, Like I said, I got into therapy, which isn't for everyone, but that's another thing that I feel like is like getting your oil changed, even if you don't feel like and there's just, there's such a stigma, which this is just another conversation from another time, but there's such a stigma around therapy and counseling that you have to be broken in order to um, need it. And there's just so much shame wrapped around in that when it's just, it's the most freeing thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't encourage people enough to, even if you don't feel like you have a need or, or whatever, just to have someone to talk to and a sounding board and someone who can ask hard questions and kind of guide you into this um, these sessions of self-discovery and not in any sort of woo-woo way, but just to, like, why do I do what I do? Yeah, why right. do I think this way? So I started that. I started working with a hormone coach because, you know, my hormones were completely out of whack, which is a result of that access or excess adrenaline and cortisol. And so I started trying to address my physical health as well. And Brandon and I had some really, really hard conversations and overhauled some areas of our marriage. And, and I had to repair relationships and friendships because in my full steam ahead, I didn't realize the damage that I was leaving behind me. And in the wake of my drive, which, you know, is looked at as a good thing. And it is, it is a good thing. It's why I am where I am, but it also can be a, a weapon, um, if it's not suited well. And so I had to repair some of that, but it, within the business, I again, hired the, a day-to-day manager. Um, I was already outsourcing 
uh, bookkeeping and, or I guess taxes, but I hired a bookkeeper to handle like the day-to-day stuff and really just figured out what in my business do I need to offload and outsource so that I can do what I'm good at really well. And, you know, if you're trying to juggle 14 plates and you're only skilled to juggle three, mm-hmm. all 14 are going to be a mess um, if you're trying to do it at the same time. So one thing that a mentor of mine said was to hire to your weaknesses. And so mm-hmm. I really just was like, okay, what do I hate doing? Or what am I not good at doing? And who will thrive in in this area? Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to let go of that control initially. Um, if anyone is like me, they control issue, you know, a control issue is a big part of, con- of entrepreneurship because it's your baby. It's what you mm-hmm. put blood, sweat, and tears into. And so trusting someone else to step in and do it to the caliber that you would is really hard. And so there was a lot of mental shifts that took place of, you know, this might not get done the way that I would have done it, but it's getting done. And this person is doing it well their way. I'm okay with that. And I have to be okay with that. And so the business began to grow um, because of that, because you're bringing more people on. And so I'm start just dishing out stuff I'm like you get a job and you get a job and you get a job <laughs> and, and that you know that financial the financial side of it can be intimidating because you know you're trying to bring in as much profit as possible which isn't uh a lot at the beginning and so the idea of giving that to someone else is you don't want to and I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of people don't hire out but that was one of the biggest things for me was offloading within my business so that I could get time back and which is the most valuable thing that you have. Mm -hmm. And so, and you can't put a price tag on that. So, um, and my coach told me that the only way that a business is going to grow upwards vertically is growing horizontally. And Mm -hmm. so that has been, um, that's been a big part of dash since all of this was growing our team and, we have a team of six now, which is, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful and it's, we've reached, um, milestones in every area farther than I could have ever imagined doing it on my own. So, um, it's worth it. And I definitely encourage people bite the bullet. You will see the return tenfold. Um, if yeah. you invest wisely. I just read a book recently that called it elevating and delegating. Because mm-hmm. um, if you think of like the CEO of a company, they're not doing like, they're like the visionary. They're like mm-hmm. running everybody, but they're not actually doing all the tasks. So it's like every time you hire someone, it's almost like you're giving your own self a raise and you're mm-hmm. elevating yourself to more of the position of like the CEO in the company. And then now that you're no longer doing those tasks, it's like, okay, now you have to hire someone to fill up like that job description. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that was really good. Yeah, you can serve people better that way too. Because if you are trying to do everything, there's no way that you're serving clients the way that you need to be serving clients. And so it also elevates your client experience too, because people can give them the attention that they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay, well, Amanda, do you want to touch on maybe a little bit of like 2020? Because I know a lot of people listening to this are probably like, feeling what you're talking about, especially coming out of 
just such a unprecedented year that 2020 was. Do you want to maybe share a little bit of like, how did that year affect you mentally as like a business owner and personally as well? What did you do about it? What would you have to say to somebody listening to this who is feeling like maybe teetering on the edge of burnout coming off of that year and just not, like empty, I guess, nothing left inside or like the cup is full, whatever you like analogy you want to say, just kind of speaking to that person. So it's funny. It was such a 2020 started in such a beautifully ironic way. Um, so I started Revive Retreats from this experience that we have been talking about. And I basically wanted to create an experience and a retreat that I needed during this season. So we launched at the end of 2019 and our first trip was in Puerto Rico in January. And it was just immeasurably more than I could have planned um, in such a sweet time that these women who, so revive their wellness retreats for women in business. And it's basically a time for you to come and unplug and recharge, but also learn boundaries and learn these um, healthy work habits and kind of, you know, delve into areas of your business that you need to let go of, um, but also just a time to to chat with other women who are in the same situation as you um, and bounce ideas off of each other and just, you know, take a nap. You want to take a nap or sit at the beach or whatever. And so our first trip was 2020 and that's how it started. And we had nine women that came from all areas of work and um, the, the stories that have come out of that retreat have been, it will be a pillar. It's a pillar in my faith that I will look back on and, and know when hard times come that there is beauty from ashes and there's purpose and pain because it was such a beautiful um, time together. And the stories that have come from that, there's been major life change that's happened. And so it was funny that that's how 2020 started because a month or two months later, you know, the world went to crap. And <laughs> um, <laughs> is what my Southern thought was. Yes. From yes Atlanta, so I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> right. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so it's such a, it, it was just, yeah. So anyway, so, and I also found out I was pregnant right with my first child right before, literally the night before I flew down to Puerto Rico for this retreat. Oh so, my gosh it started out in just this beautifully amazing, just the, the peak, the pinnacle was January, 2020. And then we just got pushed off the mountain. And um, <laughs> so when all of the pandemic stuff happened, obviously everyone has you know felt the effects of that. And my husband's a musician, so he's in live events as well. And so we both just saw a complete halt in, work. And because it was so unknown in such an unknown time, um, people broke out and they just didn't know how to handle it. And so I had several team members that were, they realized the risk that you take as a um, entrepreneur and as a, someone who's self-employed, there's no you know, cushion to fall back on if things take a turn. And so they recognized that and it spooked them. And one by one, people started 
piecing out. And this was, you know, April, all of our work had stopped and kind of the straw that broke the camel's back was Katie, who had been my, my right hand, um, came to me and she was like, I think that it's time that I go out on my own. And it kind of, it, it really caught me off guard to say the least, because she was the one person that I had absolutely no doubt in my mind was going to be with me forever. And so I remember sitting in the bathtub and, you know, I was four or five months pregnant at this point and just crying and questioning so much and praying and asking God, is this like, was I holding this too tightly? Was this too much of, you know, an idol in my life? Was I putting this before? Like, why are you taking this away from me? Because I have worked so hard and we were projected to have the best year yet. And just, I mean, I was on such a high coming into it. And I felt so abandoned in that moment that in reality, it wasn't that at all. It was life. I mean, that happens. Like life happens. There's not necessarily a specific reason why bad things happen. Um, well, anyway, so <laughs> I could go on like a spiritual tangent there, but <laughs> then. Um, so anyway, I, that was a, that was a second turning point because that kind of triggered going into this spiral of depression and anxiety on a whole different side of the spectrum from what I had experienced in burnout. This was okay. Now what? Because I have a baby on the way. My husband doesn't have work. My team's leaving me. Um, like literally everything disappeared. And so I think a lot, and obviously a lot of people experience that to some degree, just because unknown is there's so much fear in unknown. And, um, so I think for me, the biggest thing was, okay, yes, all of this can be taken away, but I started from the bottom and I can start from the bottom again and rebuild. And so that's what 2021 has really been for us. And I left on a cliffhanger. Katie did not leave. I was able to, to, to rein her back in, but <laughs> we had a lot of internal work that needed to be done that I didn't realize needed to be done. And a pandemic was the only thing that could have revealed that. And I have no doubt now that we will be that much stronger because we had to strip everything down and get back to, um, you know, we had to do surgery on ourselves and it would have taken a toll on our client. It already was taking a toll on our client experience and whatever else, because we didn't have our ducks in a row, you know, as a business. Mm -hmm. And so, and then obviously we ended the year with the birth of my son. And so it was such a roller coaster of a year, but it was so magical in so many ways. And I'm so thankful for it because looking back, I never, ever, ever, ever would want to go through it again, but I'm so thankful for the lessons that it taught. And so if I could tell anyone anything, it would be to, a lot of times we want to know why, and we want to find the why in a certain situation. And sometimes you're not going to get that for a really long time. And that's what the, the season in 2016 reminded me is I didn't see kind of the fruit of that until 2020, until January of 2020 at the retreat. And so who knows when I'll see the fruit of the work that we put in, in 2020. And it doesn't mean that it wasn't um, valuable or necessary, 
um, it just means that you have to trust the process and, and trust that you are putting in the necessary work. And so it's okay to sit in it for a, for a little while. And I allowed myself to just sit in that dark spot for a little while. And I think that that's something too, we automatically want to be like, no, happy, joy, like snap out of it, whatever. And sometimes it's okay to just sit there and let it, let it soak in. And then, and that's what I did with that, that night with Katie, I just sat there and I let all the tears out and the questions and everything. And then the next morning I said, okay, now we get to work. How do we fix this? What, what are the steps that we need to do? And I think that's just an important part of my self-care routine is having grace for myself and knowing that I don't have to fix a problem right in the moment. I can sit in the suck and then, you know, and sleep in the suck and then get up the next day and, and do something about it. Yeah. So good, Amanda, that I know that resonated. I mean, everyone experienced 2020 differently, but yet also the same, strangely, like it's the one event that the entire world has like a common ground on. Um, And I know so many people just resonated with, with any part of that story. Like I did, I know Evie did, but like in in different ways and just thank you for sharing that. And I just love the lesson of like almost looking back and being like, Hey, let's, let's, learn from the mistakes or not even the mistakes, just learn from what happened and move forward stronger and better. Mm -hmm. Um, The other question that is also like a, what would you give the advice kind of question? Um, Just like kind of wrapping up this interview, what would you say to the woman out there struggling with depression, anxiety, overwhelm, just all of it? And if that Mm -hmm. person listening is going through that right now, like if, if they're in your 2016, what do you have to say to her? Um, First of all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because it's a really dark place to be and it's a scary place to be and it's a lonely place to be. And so I want I I want you to know that you aren't alone that something that can be so isolating um is is one of I think the biggest enemy or the biggest tools that the enemy uses in that season is just this, this sense of loneliness and isolation. And, um, I would encourage you to find someone that you can talk to, whether it's a professional or a trusted mentor or whatever, because as you start to speak on these feelings and on these thoughts and whatever else, they lose power. And I truly believe that whether you are a, you know, spiritual person or not, like words have power. And so as you speak, um, speak these fears or just whatever it is that you're struggling with, I promise you will start seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And I kind of viewed it as being in a wilderness and just kind of wandering around. And I eventually just got to the point where I just sat and started playing in the dirt. And then I started telling people and recognizing, okay, I'm not the only person experiencing this. And so as you can start bringing people into your story, um, power is in that and you can start having the energy to get up and start, you know, walking through the wilderness again. And you might stay in there for a little bit, but at least you're up and moving and you're walking. So um, you're not alone. There's help out there. It is not a part of running a business. Um, I think so many people think that it's part of their job description as an entrepreneur to suffer and to not get sleep and to not take care of themselves and to 
not have relationships. It's not a part of your job description. Um, so you need to turn and address that because it, it will wreak havoc on you and, and your business. Um, but again, the first, the most important part of your business is you. And so if you're not taking care of you, then everything else is, is mundane and and is useless because at the end of the day, like if you crumble, everything else is going to crumble. So, um, yeah, I would just encourage you to, to kind of turn and pick up your head and turn and self-reflect and, um, not just grind and keep going because it's easy to, to try to push through all of that, um, by, by achieving and, it's not worth it. It's not worth your health. It's not worth the, the effects that it'll have on your health and your relationships and whatever else years down the road. And you might think that it's not that bad, but, and that that's dramatic and whatever else, but it's not, it's, it all, Brene Brown says your body keeps score and it always wins. So whether it, it wins today or in five years, it will win. Um, yeah. Oh, I could literally sit here and talk to you for hours. <laughs> I feel like I've just gone on and on. I've kept all way longer. No, <laughs> no, it has been, it was needed. So good. <laughs> so good. You have so much to say. And I think there is just something on you, which clearly I think you already know this, like starting Revive and, and whatnot, but there is something that you have that you are able to give to other people by your life experiences and just your wisdom and, and just who you are as a person. And you just, I feel like dump trucked truck. I don't know, even know you just like dumped on us today in like the best possible way. And I just, I don't even have words for like, I feel like the different little pieces of like, I feel like seeds just dropped all over in different areas where like, I'm now going to like go and, and, and little water them and like, mm-hmm. just see what they turn into and kind of like soak in it and, and sit through it. And I'm guessing if I'm feeling that way, I think Lindsay probably is because we're basically the same person. And I'm also <laughs> assuming our listeners are probably feeling that too. So for the girl who is, or the person who is listening to this and is just resonating so deeply and wants to connect with you more, follow your journey, learn from you, maybe learn about Revive Retreats and and come to one of those, where can people find you and connect with you? Well, I'm on Instagram and that is where I uh, share the most. I don't know, it's a safe place for me, which is weird because, you know, you wouldn't think that about Instagram, but uh, <laughs> Amanda W. Coker on Instagram. And guys, I just got a TikTok. So <laughs> yeah, I thought it as long as I could. And my sweet little social media gal was like, you need to start doing dances. And she taught me how to do the woe or throw the woe or whatever. <laughs> so you can find me on TikTok, um, Amanda W. Coker as well. And then amandacoker.com or reviveretreat.com, which is linked in all of those places as well. Perfect. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being here with us, for sharing your heart, for being vulnerable, going deep. I took so much away from this. I know our listeners did as well. And yeah, I'm, I can guarantee like you probably just changed some lives. Like I, like this conversation has been so life-giving and I genuinely cannot wait for people to listen to it.
So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good to chat with you. Us, we love you. It's mutual.